Amen. And the Bible says, and again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf. And he had an impediment in his speech. And they beseeched him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up into heaven, he sighed and said unto him, Ephata, that is, be open. And straightway his ears were open, and the string of his tongue was loose. And he spake plainly. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He make both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. I'm going to preach from the subject this morning that things are about to open up. Hallelujah. Give God some praise. Say things are about to open up. I'm speaking to people this morning that feel like some things have been closed. Jesus. We, we live in a land of opportunity. So they say. America. The land of opportunity. Now opportunity is defined as a set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. It could be a chance for employment, a promotion, but it's an opportunity. Now even if you're not from America, you may be here looking for opportunity. People look for opportunities where they weren't afforded opportunities in other places. See, God said in his word in Revelations chapter 3 verse 8 that I have set before you an open door that no man can shut. Somebody say that's good news. So today I want to talk to people who feel like things have shut up. In other words, you, you think that your current conditions or the current conditions of the day have an effect on the hand of God being able to open up a door of opportunity in your life. But I want you to know that God is still in control. And he's still in the blessing business. Somebody say, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Now, we've been studying the book of Mark, and this text is right on the heels, right, of Jesus healing a Syrophoenician Gentile woman's daughter. Remember that? And she had three strikes. Remember, she was a woman, she was a Gentile, and she was a Syrophoenician woman. 
She had all kind of issues going on. But Jesus healed her daughter of a demon. Jesus gave the children's bread to the dog. You ain't going to say nothing. So it's right on it's right on the heels of healing a desperate woman from a daughter who had a demonic spirit while being a dog. And the Bible says we're going to go right to work. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. Now, I'm going to stay here for a minute. I only got a few points to give you this morning. I just want to do what God has for me to do on this morning. But I want to talk about the region. If you're taking, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down the region. I'm, I'm going to try to stay with the odds this morning. The region. So I want you to understand that Jesus is still in Gentile country. He's still in a place that others thought the people there did not deserve the blessing. The Gentile country, right? But the the way he the way he walked, when you look at it and you study it, it didn't really make sense. The way he traveled didn't make sense because he took what would be um, considered a U shape in order to get to. So it's like it's like me saying I'm gonna go to Jersey, and I'm gonna go to Jersey. But the way we go, we get on, we go to Massachusetts, and then hit Jersey. That would make no sense because I'm making the trip longer than it needs to be. And that's not the right direction. But how many of you know that Jesus never went anywhere that didn't make that, even though it didn't make sense to us, made sense to him? Y'all not going to say nothing. So so he went in a roundabout way to make it to this place. Now, what's interesting about this region is this is the same place. The same area, the same territory that he, when he earlier in Mark healed the demonic man of the demons and told him not to tell anybody. But he went and no, he, he told him not to come with him. He told him to go spread the good news. So he was spreading the news about what Jesus had done in his life in this area. I'm going somewhere. When, when we deal with Christ, we got to understand we're dealing. So you got to get past this church mess and understand that we're dealing with kingdom, that it is a kingdom agenda. Right. And if you got a church agenda, then you're going to be in trouble and you're going to be frustrated with the things of God because God ain't into doing church. Because it makes him no, it makes absolutely no sense to do something that we are. Y'all missed it. We are the church, so we can't do church because we are the church. But we are we have to we have to have a kingdom agenda. Now, with a kingdom agenda, what let me let me just let me say back up, back up. I'm excited. I'm excited about this word. I want to I want to preach it. Church agenda is building churches. <laughs> right, right. 
making the church big, making the church great, making it look all wonderful, spending, having, you know, fundraisers for every single thing in the church. That's church business. That ain't kingdom business. I ain't talking to us. I'm preaching to the choir because we know, and I know charity know, but just for those that will be watching on Facebook and on TV, we just want you to understand that because you might be trapped in a church agenda. And that's why you're frustrated. That, that's why you feel, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I ain't going to mess with you. But when you're with a kingdom agenda, it's about taking territory. It's about dealing with conquering regions. Did, 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 you, did you catch that? Do you remember in the book of Daniel where, when, when they had to go and he said, I had to contend with the kings of Persia? Because what we have to understand, church folk, <laughs> kingdom people, is that there is demonic activity in certain regions that dominate. Now, sin is sin, struggle is struggle. But if you notice, some struggles don't exist in certain regions. In our region, we got a lot of we got a lot of drug activity. We got a lot of addictions. We got a lot of uh, a welfare mentality. We got poor man's mentality. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Don't look at me like. But there's there's certain that's a demonic depression um spirit that takes care of regions. And a lot of times you'll find yourself, you know, your kingdom when you're feeling a pull to come out of where you've been because there's a certain mentality and a certain place that you can't deal with and you can't excel above in certain places because of the demonic depression that is in a certain region. So the first thing you got to do is deal with the demonic activity, cast it out and then set up shop and take over that region by planting a new mentality in that space. That's why it's not enough to just go to the green and give them food if you don't attack the, re the, the demonic activity that's happening at the green that wants to keep people in that... Y'all not going to say that. You got to deal with that. And so Jesus was about taking over regions. So how he did it was he had healed that man, told him to go testify. And he spread the news of Christ in that area so that they would be prepared for Christ coming back. And now there's a bunch of people that gravitate to him because of the testimony of this demonic, uh, <laughs> this man who used to have all these demons. See, the question I have for us kingdom people is, are we telling people about Christ where we are so that when they have an experience, it's already, the stage is already set? So he, he still has some bread left that he wanted to come and he, he comes into this place. Now watch this. And they doesn't tell us who the they is. It just says they. They they bringing to him 
one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseeched him. They begged Christ to, to put his hand on him. I want you to see the request. I want you to, I want you to understand something. This is powerful. And they bringing to him one that was deaf. We see in scripture times, you remember the man who was laying on the mat and it said his friends brought him to Jesus. You understand? See, the question is, who are the they? The they are the ones in his life that are concerned about his dilemma. Do, do we care enough about people to bring them? Or are we so concerned about what we're going through that we don't worry about the him <laughs> because we're concerned about the me? So you can't be part of the they when you're always the one. Oh, wait, wait, did I say anything? You, you can't be part of the day because you're always the one. When are you going to be part of the, of the crew that are doing the work of the ministry? Oh, you get mad about their testimony. You want to be a part of the they testimony. Don't you ever want to get to a place where you are not the one that's always in need? As that's, see, Pastor, that, Pastor Mom, that's, 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 that's why I have a problem. Because I, I get tired of preaching to people, to the choir that, that got the power, that know the power, that are acquainted with the power, that are filled with the power. But then when they get up in here, they act like they got no power. But you're supposed to be the day. So they 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 bringing to him one that was deaf, and he had an, an impediment in his speech. It wasn't that he couldn't talk; it's that he had an impediment. It means that he, there was a hindrance or an obstruction to doing something. The Bible says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Now, you got to understand that Jesus is really not concerned about his physical hearing as much as he is with his spiritual hearing. Because I know a lot of people with physical ears that can't hear. Come on, sisters, because you can really dress an ear up. Put a diamond in your ear. There's no need to put diamond in your ear if what you hear don't shine. <laughs> don't y'all start with me. So ask your neighbor, does that pretty hear, ear hear? <laughs> I ain't gonna say nothing. Does your pretty ear? Because you decorate it. And that's what we do with what the Spirit. See, as you try to decorate what God is saying, 
Cause you don't really like it raw. Well, well, let me let me just go back to the message. He he was deaf and he had an impediment in his speech. I'm talking to people this morning because God wants me to tell you that you should desire to hear heaven over hell. And if if there's something going on in your hearing, so I want to know what's what's been blocking your speech. What where's the obstruction in your speech? This this boy was deaf and he had an impediment in his speech. So here's the thing. He had an impediment, which means he mumbled and people couldn't really understand what he was saying. It really wasn't that. And now we understand this, that he had to be able to speak or he had to be able to hear at one time to pick up whatever amount of language he did learn. But, but, but somewhere it stopped which then messed it messed up his speaking ability. I'm going to say that again cuz I'm not going to be here all day. I'm going to say that again till you catch it. He 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 knew how to talk, but nobody could really understand what he was saying. It was like he was mumbling, his words weren't clear, but he he had to be able to hear at one time and then his hearing went, which then affected what he was being able to say. Y'all see y'all still missed it. You still missed it. You, you could talk good. You learned a little bit. But there was something that came into your life that blocked your hearing, that messed up what you were saying. I'm going to say it again. See, see you, you were talking right at one time. You were talking God talk at one time. You were talking faith talk at one time. Then somebody or something came up in your life that started messing with your hearing. And now you're talking crazy. See, I'm trying to... Is an impediment in the speech. And the Bible says that the word became flesh. So we can't see anything in our life that we don't say. Because the power of life and death is in my tongue. So if I speak to the mountain and tell it to be cast, it'll be cast. But if I don't talk to it right, it's not going to look right. So in other words, this text is about a man who couldn't hear right, so what he was saying didn't make sense, and he couldn't get the word to manifest in his life. Y'all better come on. How many of us have said some stuff, but we can't see what we're saying come... So, so... I want you to see the response. He's he, he, he's got an issue. He's got an issue because we need to start seeing what we're saying. And he so the response is, here's what Jesus does. He takes them aside from the multitude. He, he takes them aside from the multitude. They brought him to him, said, touch him. And Jesus takes him aside from the multitude. <laughs> they brought him to Christ and said, touch this boy. And Jesus takes him away from the multitude. See, we, got, we do real good sometimes with bringing them. But we have a hard time letting them go.
And in order for the real work to happen, the real work is not including you. The only thing we've been called is to bring them. And then we got to give them to the one that can deal with them. The reason why you're so frustrated is because you brought somebody, but you never let them go. So Jesus takes them away from the multitude. Now, now this, this, this is not good for him. It's not good for the boy. From, from looking at a natural standpoint, because I, I knew, I knew some people who, who when, when I was in back in the day, I still know some people. But I, you know, anybody know anybody that's deaf that can't hear, right? So here's something about being deaf. Like they would tell us. Boy, be like Trey. Um, take the take the low, take the highs out of the music, and put bass in it, because I can't hear the music, but I can feel it. There's a certain vibration that is enhanced in a deaf person, so they 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 communicate through feeling sound. And then, and then not only that, you don't want to take them away from a multitude because if, if you can't hear, you develop an, a way to read lips. But what Jesus was trying to let him know is, I don't need you to feel anything from the multitude. And I don't want there to be a distraction from what other people may be saying about what I'm about to do with you. <laughs> I feel this thing in my spirit. Isn't it nice to know that we have a God who wants private time? That he does his best work with us when we're alone with him. I'm gonna say that. Put a pen right there. I'm gonna get back to that for a moment. But so, so Jesus, Jesus takes him away. Come, come, come on, come on, and he, he puts his fingers in his ears. Now, this makes the problem worse. I can't hear. Why are you putting your fingers? Listen, if I walk up to you right now, first of all, I ain't putting my fingers in your nasty ears to begin with. But just say, I come up to you. Boop. And put my fingers in your ear. Kelly, before dipping them in the oil, because that's what you got to do nowadays. If I'm going to do, you better make sure you dip them in oil, because I need some more anointing in my ear, like the oil going to do something. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> so I put them in. Jesus, you're making a problem. That's before your healing comes. Doesn't that seem to always get worse? Right before it gets better. But, but, but that 
that was good, but that was too easy. You knew that, Andrew. That's why you look at that's too easy. That like, you gotta you gotta help me, you gotta do better than that, Pastor, with the cause yeah, he just put his fingers in the there. But I said, he said, the finger of God. Now, the finger of God is only spoken of three times in the Bible. It was once in the Old Testament when you saw him use the finger of God to write or write the the law on the tablets. It talks about the finger of God, right? It, it was also dealing when when God had sent the plague on Egypt, and he was he was in, and Moses said, "It's the finger of God that was tearing up all the works of them fake magicians." Right, so so they were able to to duplicate and copy the the miracles that were happening, but it was a fake miracle. And then when God did the real thing, they said it's the finger of God that did this thing. And then here, where we see the finger of God. But what the finger of God represents, watch this, it represents his unlimited power. And it also represents the fact that he directly intervenes with human affairs. Whoa, that's so good. So, in other words, what he was doing is he was using his unlimited power to touch what was wrong with this man he was telling him the first the first ever sign language was jesus y'all better help me he was because he, he said he said I, I know where your problem is that's that's how the man would have interpreted it that yeah yeah you know when you know when you go to examined by the doctor and he he wants to touch everything and, he, and he's like does it hurt there does it no not there and they keep examining you until they find that spot well jesus said i don't need to examine your whole body i know exactly where they Y'all missed it. You missed it. You missed it. It, it. it means without ever knowing you, without ever meeting you, that I, God in the flesh, know exactly where to put my finger in your situation. And what's so awesome about this? Come on, Sister Michelle, help me. You see, we want God to deal with the problem. But God said, the first thing I touch is going to be the root of your problem. That's the job. See, his, his hearing was the root issue that was going on in his life. Now, a lot of us want to be delivered, but we don't want God to touch the root issue. We want to shout and dance over stuff like it's okay when it's not okay. Somebody say, get to the root. Uh -huh. I need you to go. If you gotta put your finger on my childhood, touch my childhood. If you gotta put your finger on the relationship with my mama, put your finger on the relationship with my mama. If you gotta touch the relationship with my daddy, touch the relationship. Somebody say, put your finger on it. So he needed to touch the root issue. Let me deal with first things first. Who? And then he spit. He spit and he touched his tongue with the spit. Boy, you lost me. Yeah, you lost me on that. You lost me. <laughs> I'm done with you. Yeah, buddy, it was about to be a fight. 
Messiah or not. Now, now, it, it was funny, but I said, you know what? Because you know me. So, I said, why is that important? Why is it important for him to spit? He could have spoke. Shoot, he didn't even go to the other little girl house. Can I get that type of blessing? Like, just say the word. You know? No, spit. Everybody's deliverance is not the same. For some, it takes longer. For thumbs, yeah, yeah. But but saliva is very important. It's important for digestive. Your digestive system, saliva, very important. It's also important for protective issues for buffeting and for lubrication saliva but but it's also for for grooming and you know for for speech and for social interaction you you ever have dry eye and you gotta get the because you 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 can't make tears all these gland all these see all these secretions (laughs) <laughs> Preach, pastor, with your big words. <laughs> all, all, all this stuff is important, and you don't realize how important it is until it dries up. So, G, now, his, his stuff wasn't working, but but also what is important and what is really the, the, the point, Jesus was there to counteract all the idol and false gods of that land. And saliva was used as medicinal purposes. Go ahead, Pastor, again, with your big words. So, he, he, because because back then they would they would spit and they would make all these kind of concoctions and 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 take this you understand take three ounces or whatever and call me in the morning you understand that's nasty just thinking about it. i'm gonna mess all of your sunday dinner up on tonight okay so he 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 spit me touched his tongue now this is awesome because in your saliva carries all your dna and your saliva kill carries every everything that is necessary for life. It, it even carries fluids to the blood carries fluids back and forth. Y'all not gonna say nothing. Y'all not gonna say nothing. He, he, he said, this, this is heaven's DNA. He's touching my problem with heaven's answer. He's he's oh my god. He he's he, he spit and touched my tongue with no FDA approval. He he, he didn't have to wait for for Pfizer or Johnson and Johnson to come up with a vaccine for my problem. He just spit and touched. Said I got the vaccine for your issue. Who? And then he looked up into heaven as if to tell him what is about to happen 
is not coming from this level. This is not an earthly remedy. Since you don't understand me telling you where it's from, I'm going to look so that you understand that what's about to happen. That's why he took him away from the multitude. So nobody in the crowd could get credit. Oh my God. That he, he touched the root and then he touched his tongue and then he looked up. He hit the root, touched the problem, and looked up. He touched the root, hit the problem, and looked up. The Bible says that we ought to look to the hills from which cometh our help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Stop looking to your neighbor. Stop looking to your doctor. Stop looking to your checkbook. Stop looking to your husband. Stop looking to your wife. Stop looking to, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Look to the hills. Jesus said God is about to do something. And he sighed, having compassion, and said to him, Ephthaphala, oh my good, that is, be open. Somebody say be open. Once he touched it, once he looked up, all he did was speak to it. Be opened. <laughs> I ain't gonna say nothing. And the Bible says immediately his ears were open. Look at what happened first. Look at what got healed first. His ears were opened. I'm gonna ask you a question. Do you really want to be whole? I know you want to say, yeah, I want healing, I want deliverance, I want to be whole, but the truth is that you could have been whole a long time ago if you would have just got the wax about your ears. Somebody tap your neighbor and say, you better start listening. Yeah, see, you want a miracle because you don't want to take responsibility for your miracle. But God said, no, I opened your ears. The Bible says he opened the ears of the deaf. Y'all better help me. If you got the Holy Spirit, ain't nothing clogged up. You just ain't listening. That ain't what you wanted to hear. Don't you love how people ask you for help, you give them help, and they still in the problem, then they come back want more help, like they, like, like you forgot you told them last time what to do. Be open. His ears were open. He could hear. He finally can hear. And then he says the string of his tongue was loose. The chains that was holding his speech just got broken. And the Bible says, it didn't say he heard plainly. It said he spoke plainly. Which lets me knew he already had the word in him. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit down. It, it, it never told. It just says he spoke plainly. 
Somebody say, you got the word in you. What's blocking you from saying what the word says is the reason is because you don't hear correctly. Too many messages. Too many people speaking. Because we shop for answers. We got the nerve to tell God, I'm going to get a second opinion. <laughs> what? Act like you don't. How many people could be honest and say, God told you what to do, but you needed a second opinion? I dare you not to raise your hand. I'll get in the prophetic. Come right and sit next to you. Don't make me come sit on you. Got the nerve to be under my leadership, under the leadership of the mighty Holy Spirit. Speaking a word to you and going to have the nerve to go to another church looking for another minister to give you a prophetic word. The prophet is coming. The devil is a lie. Sit your behind still and listen to what the man of God has said over your life. So now his ears is open and he speaks plainly. So Jesus removed all hindrances. Now the reaction. Watch this. Watch this. And we're done. We're done. Uh, I'm going to close this wonderful message. Everybody having a good time? We good? Amen. Are you receiving anything? Amen. He, he, could, he couldn't talk. He couldn't hear. He had issues. He gets healed. Things are opening up. And Jesus tells him. Don't tell nobody. Can I spend a couple of seconds right here? We've been going through the scripture, and we've seen this a few times, where Jesus heals people and tells them, don't tell nobody. I said, God, you got to help me with this one. Because you told us to go tell everybody. Ain't that what he did? See, look at y'all. How many believe that's what he did? Somebody say, that's what he did. Somebody say, come on, where, where my theology class at? Somebody say, that's what he did. Everybody look at them. I got to teach the whole class over. Because that's not what he did. That is not what he did. We get to read the whole book. We know that's what he will do. But the story ain't over yet. <laughs> Did they catch it? He didn't tell us to go tell everybody until he came back from dying on the cross. The story is still happening. He told them, don't tell nobody. It wasn't a trick command from Jesus. I'm going to tell them, don't tell nobody. I know they're going to tell everybody. No, don't tell nobody. You know, this is so good. You got the shower music ready. This is why people can't get free. Because you speak too quick. You tell 
before the story's over. See, Jesus was so bad, right? He said, I'm going to take you away from the multitude. Check this picture out. I'm going to take you away from the multitude. I'm going to put my fingers in your ear, spit on you, look in heaven, open everything up, and tell you don't tell nobody. Here's the, here's the threefold answer to this thing. It shows us one thing. It shows us this. God doesn't need everybody to witness your healing or your deliverance because they're going to know... <laughs> Without you even saying anything. The other thing God is telling you is don't say anything. Don't open your mouth because the story is not over. But it also shows us that even though they disobeyed and told everybody anyway, that Jesus still went to the cross, still fulfilled his mission, still was able to come back. And then, and, and then I was like, okay, they still, that's, I slipped that in a little under there so you might not have catch it. Let me rewind it and bring it back. In other words, it means that no matter what anybody has said about or to you in the middle of your process, it cannot stop the end of what God is going to do in your life. Hey! Let them talk about you. Let them tell a story they don't know the end of. I could, how many people up in here they said you was going to never be nothing, never amount to nothing. All you was going to be was what you was and what you were doing. But you, and you ain't, and yeah, you still got struggles. You still go through. But somebody say, at least I'm not what I used to be. But thank God. Whoo. So the more they told, the more he told them not to do something, the more they did it. Parenting class, because you do know, the more you tell your kids not to. Pass the mom, pass the window. I just got a revelation. Straight from the throne room of God. I don't never got to be frustrated again about pastor and nobody. All I got to do is tell them what I don't want them to do. <laughs> so let me take this time. Don't nobody come to the green. Don't nobody come to Bible study. You better not come to Bible study. Don't nobody support nothing. Don't give. Don't tithe. Don't pray. Don't worship. Don't <laughs> what? And it says, as I close, they were beyond measure astonished and said he did all things well. That word well in the Greek means perfect, means whole, means that they were saying that every miracle Jesus ever did, he did perfect. Not like doctors who tell you to do one thing and then it starts something else. God said, when I touch you, it's going to be a perfect work because he does all things well. You remember the woman who had the issue of blood, who spent all, who had many physicians, 
who went to many places and they could not touch. They did not do things well. You don't want to be in the hands of a physician that does not do all things I don't want nobody operating on me saying, you know what, I just looked at YouTube and I think I can get this. All things well. Because he make both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. He, he's opening up stuff. See, I, I'm going to close this message. And, I, and when I was reading, I said, this young man had received his miracle. It was, it was so much more. It was the things that he couldn't hear and the things that he couldn't speak that was blocking his open doors. Everything was closed up for him because he couldn't speak plainly. And I'm trying to tell you people, listen, if you're ever going to get a breakthrough, your speech has to be plain. In other words, the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. There can't be any mixed messages in what you stand for. Um, see, the greatest thing that tears up marriages is communication, right? We know that. Because communication is at the top of the list. If you talk to anybody that's married, they're going to say that our problem, the thing we got to handle is communication. And it communication is because the other person doesn't quite hear what the other one is saying plainly. And, and they don't know how to interpret. So you got to be plain about what you're saying. You can't send mis, mixed messages. If you don't like it, say you don't like it. If, if it, you understand, you can't, I, I can't have my wife cooking something. Is it you like that? Oh, it's, it's wonderful, baby. Because she's going to keep cooking it. I got to tell her, this is disgusting. I don't ever want to see this. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's plain. You understand? And we don't want to speak plainly because we're afraid of hurting people's we're afraid of hurting people's feelings. We can't take it. We we always listen, y'all. Nikki, you one of us. I'm, I'm messing with you. Could y'all black folks stop talking about keeping real when you don't really want it real? I want to keep it real with me. But you get offended when people keep it real. You can't handle real. And that's why you got angry people in the church. Because they won't keep it real. How you doing? I'm good. You lying. You one step away from canceling your membership, but you won't say nothing. You one step away from a divorce, but you won't say nothing. You one step away from committing suicide, but you won't say nothing. Because you won't speak plainly. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You can't be healed if you don't speak truth. And truth hurts. But truth brings change. I don't want the doctor to tell me what I want to hear. Even though I'm going to hate what come out of your mouth, tell me.
Bible is all over. It's all over the scripture where God opens doors. He said, I set an open door before you. I'll open doors. I'll make a way. I'll, but but there's been so many things closed up in our lives. And, and I don't know why the things in our lives are closed up when God said he is the door. He is the one that opens the door. He's, he is the way. He is the truth. Not only, not only does he open things, we, we are that opening. We, we are. He makes us an opening. But it all starts with how we hear. That's why we don't want to raise people in the church who are just want to shout and just want a happy message. You, wanna, you want something that's going to change you. The word is supposed to change you. It's supposed to change you. It's supposed to transform you from the inside out. It's going to make some stuff fall off of you. But it's not only because stuff, like I told you, you can't go into an open door that God has made with old stuff. Because you ain't going to do nothing but get in that door and mess it up. And if you want God to open new doors in your life, start doing new things. Get rid of the old. If you want to know why the same people keep walking through your door, change the sign. Well, Pastor, because you got me, I'm sorry, Charity, but I got to make it plain for people over here at next level. So, If it look open, it's open. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. Somebody say close it up. Yeah, because some of you ain't ready for open. Keep it closed. I heard something watching this movie the other day, and I'm done. I'm going to close. It's, it, and it was so profound. I don't even think they knew they put that line in that movie. <laughs> the brother said, whoever she opens the door for first always has a key. Wow. There you go, sister. Change the lock. Somebody say change the lock. Some of you need to change the whole door. Just rip the door off and get a whole new door. <laughs> Amen. Give God some praise for open doors. Somebody say thank you, Lord. That's the truth. So we thank God that he, he knows the place to touch. Let him touch the places, amen, that need to be touched in our lives so that we can get healed. We're 60 and 50 years old and we're still dealing with childhood issues because we don't want God's finger to go ahead and touch those childhood issues. But then we preach, we want, you need to go handle your business. You need to get, you need, there needs to be healing. And, but, but you haven't healed your issues. Hurt people hurt people. 
Some people ask me, say, Dre, they say, Pastor, they said, Dre, well, how can, how can you just, like, like, be so, like, whatever about certain things? It's because life is too short. And I was like, whatever, when I was getting high, I ain't care what nobody thought about me. I'm not going to get over here and let y'all keep me all bound up on why I think we, life is too short. So you got to let it go and you move on. People are going to make their decisions, but we're supposed to be a light. We're supposed to be a door. I can't be all bound up by what others think and what others want, what others feel. The devil is a lie. I'm free. And I may be crazy and free, but I'll be crazy right here by myself and be free. Rather than to make you, let you drive me insane and be bound up. Somebody say, I'd rather be crazy and free. Y'all are crazy. Y'all just say anything. Had y'all in here barking the other week. Y'all like, rah, 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 I'm a dog. Not the devil is alive. Like coming to America. Everybody hop on one foot. All right, amen. Make sure y'all watch the new Coming to America March 5th. No, I'm just kidding. God, God is good. Next level ministries. Charity, we love you. Amen. I don't want to close this message without giving the people an opportunity because we may have people who never accepted Christ. You can have fun in Christ. We ain't got to be all bound up. Listen, I know who I am. You understand? That's facts. I, I know who I am. And I enjoy serving God. I heard a pastor when we was going to Minna Valley. He said, I, he said I've been pastoring for 40-something years. I'm not going to be miserable. I'm going to have fun. And he preached like three and four services uh, every Sunday. He's like, I'm going I'm going to wild out. I'm going to enjoy teaching this word. Amen. And that's what I've chosen to do. I want to have fun. Yeah, I know y'all got a crazy pastor, but you love me, right? Amen. Hallelujah. We all crazy together. We crazy and free. Crazy for Jesus and crazy in the wherever else. And I know charity. I know your pastor, trust me, y'all crazy too. As much as you don't want to look at, you know, y'all, y'all some crazy folks in Jersey. But we love you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and we thank God for what he's done. So if you haven't ever accepted Christ, I pray that you just you can message us whether you're on band, whether you're on Zoom. Let us know that you made a decision that you want to serve God. You don't have a church home. We'd love to shepherd you, cover you until you find a place. We're not into pastoring everybody because everybody's not meant for every ministry. But you need to accept the fact that we are sinners and that Jesus Christ came and he died and he rose for our sins. And if you believe that, you ask him into your heart to come live in your heart, to be the leader of your life, to teach you how to walk this new walk. And he will adopt you into the family. Amen. So, Father, we pray that you would cover us. And for those that are in the valley of decision, that you would touch them, that they would be drawn by your spirit. And that, Father God, they would get in the covering because we know that these are the last days. We can have fun in you, but it's serious business. It's a serious walk to be a light in a dark place. So we thank you for everything that's been said and done. We thank you for the praise and worship. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the worship. Father, continue to cover charity and the vision of the ministry. 
that's going on in New Jersey. Cover Pastor Wendell, Aunt Diane, all the ministerial staff, praise and worship all those who undergird that great ministry and the work that they're doing. Father God, continue to bless our pastor mom, Lord God. We thank you, God, for strengthening her. We miss her being in the house, Lord God, but we know we have to move with wisdom. Continue to strengthen her. And Father God, continue to just keep everyone as we go our separate ways, but not leave your presence. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, grace and peace.